0: think of two stories in particular over the past uh, 12 to 18 months where that I know of personally where two high schoolers have died. What's up guys? RLTK, PHX, Real Talk Phoenix podcast episode 11. 11. We are here Grateful to be with you guys again. Thank you for following, listening, watching, uh, wherever you're at, whatever you're doing. We love that you guys are chiming in, taking part of your day to just be with us and dialogue with us. We hope that this conversation we have today helps start a conversation that doesn't end here, right? It begins the process of you thinking about what it is that we're talking through. And so uh, today, man, we wanted to dive into the topic of drugs. I was doing a little bit of research earlier, and uh, there's a, a, a study that had just been le- released on a um, government website, drugabuse.gov. It's the National Institute on Drug Use, and they just released a study that they've done on teenagers uh, in high schools in particular, mm-hmm. and, and well, in fact, it's in middle schools as well. And what they found is that um, drug use in terms of hardcore drugs is staying steady in most cases and slightly declining. But what's Mm. growing rapidly is vaping and marijuana use through vaping, Um, which is really interesting because obviously our interaction in schools, we're seeing that a ton as well. Like kids using them in classrooms because like, you know, there's no smell Mm -hmm. or it like dissolves super quick. So there's all these different like uh, things that you can get that don't look like vape pens or whatever else. (laughs) So like you can disguise the stuff that you're doing, put it in your Mm -hmm. uh, jacket or whatever else. Like There's all different types of ways you can get away with. Uh, using it. And then obviously, once again, it's not just vaping flavors, right? Men, I think some of the like men and all different types of flavors like that, Mm -hmm. but like also vaping marijuana, right? Vaping vaping weed. And so um, it's interesting that uh, as we think about drug use among teenagers today, um, so we live in Arizona and obviously in Arizona, there's uh, been somewhat of a Well, in certain parts of the country, there's been opioid crises like Ohio and things like that, right? But we've had some sort... We've had like fentanyl issues, right? Yeah, we've had an epidemic. Uh, We've had an epidemic here. And I can think of two stories in particular over the past uh, 12 to 18 months where that I know of personally where two high schoolers have died. Yeah, One I actually know, like knew personally, like we would do real talk and he would come Yes. He talked, he'd yes. been on the mic, all those different types of things. And he was playing a game with his friends. The game went wrong. Uh, he would taken some fentanyl and they didn't revive him and he died. Yeah. And in another instance, and I know a young girl who uh, struggles with uh, the death of one of her friends who was going through a tough time, was depressed and anxious. And so they uh, got some drugs and it was laced with fentanyl. Man. And actually ended up dying as a consequence. And so... Yeah. Um, as I think about drug use, here, those are some of the immediate things around here that come to my mind yeah. uh, in terms of what's happening in our city. Anything yeah. that you can think of?
1: No, I mean obviously I've read a lot of articles and things mm-hmm. like that, and some of the stories that you mentioned. I mean those are mutual things that we're both yeah, aware of. For sure. So I feel those things the same way that you do. But I will say that it seems that there's there is an uptick in in usage now. Yeah. Um, whether that uptick is because you're seeing people use things and they're posting videos of it and things like that online, and so it seems that people are more brazen than they were before. Maybe that's the case, yeah, uh, where you know substance abuse, substance use was a bit more taboo. Mm. And so now today things have become uh, you know a little less taboo. Uh, for good reason, for bad reason. But I think it's interesting that all of the hardcore drugs have stayed the same or gone down yeah. and yet vaping
0: has gone up. Yeah, it's you interesting. Know?
1: Marijuana use specifically, right? Yeah. Vaping marijuana. Well, vaping and vaping marijuana. Yeah. Right. Both, are, both are on a steady ascent. Right. So so just for clarity, we're talking about vaping nicotine yep. and, and then, flavored nicotine. And then vaping marijuana as right. well. Right, as well. Yeah. And I think that you know, obviously there's a lot of reasons for that. We're going to dive into some of that, mm-hmm. but I would say that that data doesn't really shock me. Yeah, that's true. You know, yeah. as I think about it and as I think about the teenagers I engage with, yeah, it doesn't shock me at all. I mean, I can walk on a high school campus for a real talk and I can see students vaping. Yeah. You know, like I, I can see it happen. Yep. And it happens so much that it's hard to catch.
0: And it's kind of just normal, right? Right. Everybody's doing it, and the reality is like there's probably a lot of people who uh, work at a school who, after school, might have those same vape pens in the Exactly. Cars, right? Exactly. So, <laughs> how do you address they're that? They're driving off, <laughs> puffing away, they're and doing they pull the same out thing. Of the <laughs> lot, right? And so, yeah, that's true, really man. Think about. And as I think about my own experience as a teenager, I mean, um, so for me, I didn't do a ton of drugs growing up because I was playing sports. Right. And so, my friends actually intentionally kept me away from that stuff. They were like, hey, you can't smoke, you can't do this, you can't do that because you are like, a soccer player a football player and so mm-hmm. you need to like not be messing with the stuff so my friends would actually not let me do it <laughs> that was a good friend interesting and so i came to college i and, wish i had friends like that when i was growing up <laughs> college shout is, out andy too <laughs> college was the first time that i uh, really started to like dive into drug use and so like, right. i went straight all the way there like i used you and uh, ham
1: cocaine dang
0: like in the dorm
1: room, we we're chilling. So there was nothing in your head when you tried coke. that was like, oh, snap, this is cocaine. I better chill out. You were just like, yeah, it's drugs. So there was no difference in your head, marijuana, cocaine, it was all the same?
0: It's not that there wasn't a difference. I think for me, the thing, like I'm weird about like inhaling stuff because okay. of my lungs. And to me, it was kind of like, well, it makes more sense, I guess, to just sniff it. That booger sugar? <laughs> yes, I don't know. <laughs> but that's what I did. And so uh, there was that. I mean, we did, like, occasional pill stuff and different things like that, but it was more... See, that's funny. I
1: was always more scared of Coke than I ever... I smoked a lot of marijuana when I was younger, Mm -hmm. and for whatever reason, cocaine, things like that, heroin, uh, and maybe this is because I grew up in the Reagan war on drugs, you know, that... Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, you know, just... Mm -hmm. What was the phrase? I think it was, uh, just say no. You know, that was Nancy Reagan's whole mantra... And there were all these commercials that would come out that would show, This is your brain. This is your brain on drugs. Any questions? And it would, you know, as a kid, it shows like an egg frying in a pan, you know? Yeah, blow your mind. Yeah. And all of the imagery wasn't around smoking marijuana, it was around cocaine use, huh. you know, or crack use, or that was the big stuff in the 80s. And so for me, it would seem like a lot of what was being believed by people, young people, was being controlled by the media, what they were seeing. And and if you look on, I mean, on YouTube right now, any parent that wants to go to YouTube Teen Vaping Challenge, and you'll see video after video after video of kids putting their own stuff up on there. And that's what's funny about things like platforms like social media today, that the government can come out and say one thing, and that was the medium that we had that informed a whole generation of teenagers. Mm-hmm. But imagine if there was like an alternative media that was present that was saying the exact opposite. So when I grew up, we didn't have alternative media. We had that source of media and then like our parents or maybe magazines or something like that. Mm -hmm. But kids now, they're telling you what the reality is. You get on YouTube. No one's watching commercials. You know, they're watching YouTube. So if you want to get the idea of what teens think about vaping, you need to. You need to go to YouTube and type it in, not watch what's coming across your television. That's true, because they're the ones that are actually doing it. Yeah. So. Exactly. And that's where teenagers go to get their information. It's true. <laughs> how many times have you sat and watched a television program with your teenager in the past three years? Unless it's like a Netflix show or something, right? Exactly. And how many commercials are on Netflix again? Most kids girl. most kids are watching YouTube videos. It's true. You know? That's good. So, why are teens using drugs? Mm-hmm. What do you think? Why are they using them? I mean, you know, there's the, the common answers. You know, they're in pain or they just want to have an experience or something like that. But I think that, and there's, there's merit to all of that. You know, people use drugs for all sorts of reasons. But if you want to summarize it into one thing, I think teenagers, by nature, are just naturally curious. They have a natural curiosity about them. But they're also, in this modern context, uh, more driven by information. Hmm. And so for me, when I use drugs, like I said, I had information from the television, information from family members and from friends. And ultimately, as a friend, or as a teenager, you succumb to the peer pressure of your friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? And so if your friends are saying, hey, check this out or try this out, you're going to do that because there's the curiosity but there's also the desire to fit in and to be cool. Peer pressure, yeah. Right? But I think that what makes the whole, because the information that we're finding out is that all of these other drugs are staying the same or going down except for vaping, except for, you know, vaping marijuana and and nicotine. So what could be the reason for that? Um, I think one of the major reasons is that it's got this idea that somehow vaping is safer than cigarettes. Kind of like you said earlier, you know, you had this, you did cocaine because you had a weirdness around inhaling something inside of your lungs because you're an athlete. Well, a lot of what the research has gone into concerning vaping is to prove that it's safer than cigarettes. Mm. Right? And so I think that this notion of safety and it being uh, a way for you to explore and to try something, but in a safe way, is really what's driving a lot of the the use, curiosity, yeah, good. And curiosity and safety. And especially if you've got, once again, when we talked about this on
0: the last podcast, the distribution of trust has changed. So it's no yes. longer about yes. what the person and authority says. It's about what the group says. And if the group's saying it's okay and the group's saying it's good, if YouTube's saying it, if all the social media platforms mm-hmm. are saying it, if your friends are saying it then you tr- that's where you
1: borrow trust from and you say, okay, then mm-hmm. this is good and this is right and then you go ahead and do it, right? And not only are their friends saying it, their friends are documenting their use. So there's proof. Have you ever been around your friends before and they're like, yeah, man, we did such and such and they tell you a story now. Pictures or it didn't happen. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so when you're watching your friends mm-hmm. vape in front of you, post it on YouTube and then you see that video get Thousands, if not more, likes. And that's their barometer for whether, and for famous, being famous for, you know what I'm saying? Or, or just for justifying their actions. Yeah. Well, enough people to agree with it.
0: Dang. Right.
1: That's crazy. And so you're sitting watching all of your friends not only talk about, but use and document their usage. And you're like, well, nothing's happening to them. And bunches of people like it. Mm. Maybe I'm a square. Dang. You get what I'm saying? That's crazy. Yeah. Good. So there's a lot of psychology driving these decision make these decisions that are being made. That's crazy. Something you mentioned earlier, which I really want you
0: to kind of explain to us, mm-hmm. is uh, you made this you you said
1: this phrase the normalization of drug use. Yeah. So what do you mean by that? So I think that we live in a society where everything's so fast. Uh, kids aren't expected to have the same kind of discipline that they were once hmm. expected to have in generations before. Okay. Part of that's because you have both parents working and most yeah, parents yeah, yeah. Good. can't afford to hire, you know, someone to come in and raise their kids. Yep. So many times it's the younger siblings that are watching out for the kids or it's grandma and grandpa, right? It's not someone with the same kind of energy and oversight that once was when mom was in the home? Yeah. If that makes sense? Yeah, yeah it makes so, a lot of sense. Yeah, so kids have a lot more liberty than they once did, but they also have um a lot more exposure to the world than mm. they once did. Yeah, because of technology, right? Yeah. And so because of that they have way more
0: exposure in terms of what mm. they're engaging
1: in seeing, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Globalization through technology. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So I think that when you're when you're seeing all of that set of circumstances that's really setting up kind of the perfect storm, you know? Mm. Yeah. And so to kind of tag on with that,
0: the whole idea is in terms of normalization of drug use, that basically these teenagers are like used to seeing people use drugs in society, right? So they're used to seeing... Well, they're being um, exposed to it, right? I think, too, the reality of like prescription drugs, right? Like, there's a way higher usage now of, like, being prescribed drugs for depression Mm -hmm. or for anxiety or for ailments and for this and that, right? Like, I have this pain or there's this thing going on with me, so I go to the doctor and they prescribe me this thing. And so, because that's, like, become such a normal part of our
1: society, right? I get what you're saying. Yeah. So, I guess the point that I was trying to make that I... Let me be a little bit more clear. Sure. So, when you have parents in the home and when you have... Parents with energy inside of the home; those parents are going to be more watchful of their of the children. They're going to be more assertive in the discipline that's going on in the home, and so the behaviors and the way that parents are correcting those behaviors are are predicated. And this is what I've seen before in, in generations past are predicated on that child's best interest. Hmm. Now, if that child throws a fit or if that child acts whatever, the parents deal with it because they understand, I've got to tolerate this attitude or, or whatever. And, and maybe even the attitude itself becomes something that the parents correct throughout the course of discipline. But when you remove parents from the equation, and, and there aren't people in that scenario who are who care for the children the same way a parent can, mm-hmm. now child child rearing becomes about the convenience of the person watching the child. child, And so their children now have a lot more anxiety that they had in generations past because now the person watching them may or may not tolerate the same kinds of things that their parents would. And so now the best way, the easiest way, the most efficient way to handle a child for many parents is to medicate them. Dang. And so we've created a society where our parenting and our rearing of our children is based on what's convenient for me. I do not have the time for you to have a meltdown right now. Dang.
0: Right? That's good, bro.
1: And so what it has become for parents is it it has become overworked, overstressed. I can't handle this in my kid right now. Well, of course you can't when you're working that hard. Of course you can't when you're probably on medicine yourself. Mm, and good, so bro. now the children who before in generations past had a certain amount of, you know, that stuff that you tolerate with your kids because mm-hmm. they're loud, you know, before we could send them outside, you know, well, because now we're afraid to because we're afraid they're to get kidnapped or something. Right. And, but now, and now, they're now they're all loud in the house to, as well.
0: And so instead of house, dealing, yeah, exactly. They've seen all this stuff and they're like, dang, this is the world. I'm not going outside.
1: Exactly. Dang, bro, that's good. Exactly. It's so it's when really you good. create a scenario where... Your parenting is largely dependent upon medicating a child, mm-hmm. and that's happening from childhood. Yeah. What's to make us think that they're not going to think that drugs that are far less dangerous, like marijuana, for instance, mm-hmm. and if you've done any of your research, like it'll show you, like people may have problems about with marijuana use. But if we're just going to be honest, marijuana is a much safer drug. Then lots of the drugs that these kids are using. With the side effects. Instead. Yeah. And so some of these kids, I know some of them. I used to work in the Department of Child Safety and we would see kids that use marijuana all the time. And I'd be like, why do you guys use so much? And you be like, I hate the way these meds make me feel. Dang. And when I smoke weed, it, it helps. Wow. That's and that up. may be an excuse, you know. It could be. But I think there's some merit to that. Yeah. And I think just to clarify, too. So we have a society of of teenagers, young people. We have a society
0: where we've normalized. Like, we have a society that uses drugs. Yeah. Like, and quite often. It's just that we've made some more culturally appropriate than others. Exactly. Exactly. And that's that's what we're talking about. So, and here's what I want to clarify for our listeners. We're not saying whether something is right or wrong. Right. We're just saying that it's so. Right. What is? You determine how you feel about Mm -hmm. it and you determine whether it's right or wrong, and let's dialogue about it. For sure. But what we're saying is that we see this trend in society where parents have, you know, allowed their children to be, yeah. um, you know, uh, I don't medicated know. For yeah, their medicated for Medicated emotionally or whatever it is for the sake of like, hey, I can't deal with this thing right now or not understanding how to deal with this thing and not tarrying with your teenager through whatever thing they're going through. He's like, hey, you know, give them this medicine or hey, yeah. give them this or give them that. You know
1: what I'm saying? You know what's interesting. What so I've heard a lot of Gen Z ears, I've even heard some some of the popular music today that's mm-hmm. out there. Yeah. People don't say they're getting high anymore. You know what they say? No idea. Getting medicated. Wow. Let's get medicated, dog. Dang. I like in a of lot of popular albums too, like in, in popular music, like they'll say, Yo, let's get medicated. Wow, that's profound and that's like a Yeah. That almost sounds like a. It's viewed as medicine. It almost sounds like a flip in the bud
0: to what's being. You know, kind what I'm of. That's what it sounds like. That's crazy to think about. Mm-hmm. That's interesting, bro. But yeah, that's a profound point. The normalization of drug use. Um, mm. I think too, some of the things that you're pointing to, like sometimes I think people or teens in particular use drugs because they want to escape from reality, right? Right. right. And so whatever situation, whatever circumstance they find themselves in, like kids in the DCS system, yeah. I'm fortunate enough you know, that that never happened to me. Mm-hmm. And so I can't imagine what it would be like to go through some of the things that they've been through. And I think to myself, man, if I went through what <laughs> they went through, I'd probably be using that or much worse. Yeah, You know what I'm saying? And so it's like to be able to use some sort of drug or whatever that can alter your state of reality and make you feel... Just for a moment, like everything's okay, mm-hmm. like that would be extremely appealing to me if I <laughs> yeah. had a very different upbringing and a very different life circumstance, right? Yeah. Or if I felt the weight and the pressure of something in the moment, like I even it even makes me think about being in college and how many people I knew used Adderall to like study for tests. Exactly. All those different had types no problem of with it either. To stay up for twenty four hours to get ready for finals. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean ultimately that's the culture we create in our education system where it is that's interesting, appropriate, and kids feel like they need to do that yeah yeah and i mean kids in high school are doing that yeah because once again that's the, the achieve, culture we've, we've created achieved. and that's the system like yo i gotta stay up and Get ready for this test because if mm-hmm. I don't pass it, then I'm not gonna get through my AP class. And if I don't get through my A P class, my GPA is not gonna be a four point five. So I can get into the school I wanna go to, so I can get the scholarships I want to go to, because my parents can't afford to pay for it because they don't have the money. My mom already works two jobs. but yeah. my parents are divorced. You know what I'm saying? So like you see the ripple effect. I have so, you know, no the story idea, like kids of their life. Of <laughs> the story of their life, right? Yeah. And the Stress, pressure that anxiety, they feel to, the to, economy, to like, be something this. that they're yep. not or to be something that their parents want them to be or To be something that their friends think they should be. Man, that's so good. And so it's like, dang, bro. Yeah. It's a lot. And then life experiences, like I said, circumstances, family, friends. Mm -hmm. Like all of those things play a role in how somebody feels about themselves, about their life. Mm -hmm. And like whether they feel like it's not what they want it to be and they want it to change. Mm -hmm. And it's like, well, I can't change it, change it. Right? Yeah. It's not like I can just get up and bounce, I'm a minor or whatever, mm-hmm. right? But mm. I can hit this weed though. Yeah. I can use these drugs though. I can hit these yeah. pills though. Yeah. You know Absolutely. What I'm saying? And it reminds me of the show that we've watched. And in the show, like this this like really struck me. This girl was watching her dad die and have cancer. And as her dad was dying of cancer, she's a teenager at the time, he she had to give him the meds. Because
1: she had to be the caretaker she because was the caretaker. mom was, mom was at work. She sat there and watched her, her dad, dad die die by degrees. Can you imagine why she'd
0: be traumatized? And there's like, and, and in that moment, they didn't make it explicit why she did it. But there's a multitude of reasons. It could have been that she right. wanted to connect with her dad. So I mean, you put the pieces. Like that's him, right? true. That's it could true. It have been that, you know. They
1: put the pieces together in the story, though. You see, if you watch the rest, you know, a lot of the story, and I know you only saw a part of it. But in that story, what ends up happening, you realize that she was in that situation because the family couldn't afford for the father's care to be done in another way. Dang. And I mean, that's just the real reality of, and it's the, like, cost of medicine, think about, the cost of medicine, the cost of treatment in parents, America.
0: Think about how many parents take pills or drugs for like their anxiety, their stress because they're working so hard, and they think their kids don't know when they do, and then their kids get in the same situation, and they say, Well, mom's doing it. Yep. So they go snatch that Xanax or that Valium from their yep. mom's room, right? Yep. And that begins the process. Yeah. That begins the downward spiral. Alcohol, right? marijuana, whatever it is that you're using. Because they've seen you yeah, do it. Exactly. And then all of a sudden they're like, Well, And wait, they've mom seen and you be okay. It. Yeah. they've seen you hot function as an adult and do the things that you need to do. And so it's yep. like, Well, if mom and dad are doing it, or mom's doing it, or dad's doing it, or whatever. They turned out okay. I guess I'll do it. Or like this is how they cope. Okay, cool. Well I guess I'll cope this way, too. Absolutely. And then for them, it ends up way different than it ended up for you. And yeah, it's, it's true. A lot. <coughs> so. Excuse me. What do uh, influencers, parents, teachers, uh, coaches, people that are interacting with Gen Z as teenagers on a daily what do they need to know? How do they need to engage yeah. this issue? Like when they see a teenager doing it or whatever, or their teenager doing it, like
1: how mm-hmm. should they go about engaging this issue? Well, all the research that I've been looking at, and I, and I know that you seem seen some as well, it seems that um, teenagers, Gen Z, that they're open to conversation about things. Mm-hmm. And that when they have conversation, one of the things I, I read, uh, I can't remember the article specifically, but one of the pieces of information that came out of it was that they make much more conservative Mm -hmm. uh, and better decisions when they've had a conversation with someone. That's good. Meaning, they're not trying to ask questions to justify themselves. They're literally trying to to ask questions to find out. Because they want to know. Right. Now, when teenagers ask questions, sometimes they can come across in a way that, like they know better than you, mm-hmm. right? And I think sometimes parents get offended at that because there's all sorts of other things that are going on that are clouding that you know conversation. And so one of the things that you've just got to be aware of, I think, as an influencer, a parent, uh, a parent or influencer, is that that dynamics going on in the whatever emotional baggage may be going on with you and that teenager. Don't lump all of that together, you know. Mm-hmm. Deal with each conversation in each issue especially this issue of drug usage substance abuse whatever you want to call it use it as an isolated event because the research is showing us that when they have a conversation and they really discuss those and if you don't have the answer don't make up some answer like go off do some research and then start talking about it for sure and i mean then but talk about it have a conversation don't try to avoid it don't try to you know isolate your kids from things insulate them it comes down to this reality of what do you mean by that by the way don't isolate insulate just so people can understand what you're saying yeah so let me just tell a story so I had an uncle uh, growing up who used quite a bit of drugs uh, more so than anyone else in my family which is kind of funny because most of the people in my family (laughs) use drugs or some sort of substances but he was a little bit more um, over the top with it Okay. and so I think that my parents had a response and other people who cared about me in my life. It was like, hey, stay away. Stay away from that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Now, part of this situation with this uncle, too, was, to be honest, he was lots of fun, right? And he was, he was a pleasure to be around. He was hilarious. Yeah. And so at the same time I'm being told not to hang around, I'm being dealt, you know, I'm having to deal with this temptation of wanting to hang around. And so my parents never really prepared me for, hey, when you're around your uncle, these things might come up, and that's cool, be around your uncle, but you need to make sure that this is something that you avoid. Like, that was never a conversation. Hmm. And so I just felt like, here's this really cool uncle that I can't do anything with because my parents don't like him. Wow. And so actually So their solution, which actually drew me closer to him. So their solution was isolation, not insulation. They weren't preparing me to be around him. Wow. They were dictating the terms of my life to not have anything to do with him. Yeah. Which, which caused was caused curiosity right? in my mind like, what is about this guy that I need to go spend all of my time figuring out? <laughs> you you know how teenagers think, you yeah, know? Yeah, right, yeah, yeah. Wow. So we want to insulate, not just and, and there are times when you need to Isolate your your the your children your teenager from people that are dangerous. I'm not saying that that's an inappropriate response, but
0: you know at they this were point too quick yeah.
1: And the reality is it's everywhere, and
0: so it makes way more sense to teach them how to navigate it as opposed to try and protect them from it. Right. Because the reality is you can't. Right. They're going to be presented at some point in time with a decision to make, and at that point the values. And the character that you have instilled in them will shine through, right? Right. The number one trend in shaping every generation is still parenting. Right. Period. Right. And they have to have an opportunity to fail. Yeah, it's true. And the reality is their decision is their decision, right? But how you set them up for that does impact the decision they're going to make. Absolutely. Which brings us back because you were talking about teenagers making more conservative decisions when Mm -hmm. you talk to them, right? And the reality of being prepared, like using technology, um, watching videos, mm-hmm. uh, seeing, having blogs, and different things to to hawk back to, or even send send to them, right? Mm-hmm. And I think the reality is too. Perhaps you're a person that um, <clears throat> never engaged in this type of behavior. right? This isn't something that everybody does, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> then <laughs> it would be good to know some people around you who are older, or maybe the same age as you, or maybe a little bit younger than you. You know, like middle. Right, right, who perhaps have engaged in some of that stuff, who can relate to your teenager and be Mm -hmm. another point of view, or uh, somebody your age who's in the same stage of life you know, who may have teenagers themselves or may not, but they made some uh, life choices that impacted them and they're able to like give you some wisdom and some encouragement and some advice and some support Mm -hmm. in terms of how you can go about this conversation. I think one of the difficult things about stuff like this is that. A lot of times we don't know how to talk about it, mm-hmm. and we don't have people in our lives that can help us talk about it because we're so isolated and because we're so focused on our own lives. Like we don't,
1: mm-hmm. you
0: know, have a ton of friends, and we're not really pl- intentionally plugged into communities yeah. where we can find the information and the advice and the encouragement and support that we need. Right. And so my encouragement to you would be: Who are the people around you who can help you have a conversation like this? Who are the people around you who can help you prepare? to have the conversation. You can speak into what you're going to say and how you're going to say it and give you advice and wisdom so that mm-hmm. you can uh, have the best possible conversation with yeah. your teenager. You know Successful what I'm saying? Successful like, conversation. Exactly. Yeah. It's kind of like, you know, none of us go into a test without studying for it. None of us <laughs> well, write a paper without having somebody else. Well, that's true. Like, that <laughs> uh, I take that back. No, but the best the majority, practice Yeah, the best practice, practice is to, study. to do that, right? And so, yeah, you can pass the test without studying, but like, if you do that a hundred times, how many times are you actually going to pass the test
1: without studying? And we and then, all know the people who pass the test without studying are the genius kids in the class. Yeah, but everyone tries to act like they're the and genius. You're kid. Not. And the reality is, if you don't study, you're just not going to do well. And how many people write a paper without
0: proofreading it or have some having somebody else look at it? You know what I'm yep. saying? Yeah. And so yep. it's like, do the
1: same thing with the conversations you're going to have with your teenager. Yeah. And 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 the reality is if. If parents don't do that, someone else is going to. Yep. And they may not have your good intentions. It's true. If right, you're not like, informed, that's them kind in of this, the point. You're not talking with them
0: about this. Somebody else is or they're talking to their friends or on social media, YouTube, they're finding it yeah. out from blogs and articles. And like there's a ton of information out there and not all of it is filtered and vetted and the just, you know, determine yep. that it's good and right and
1: accurate. Yeah, so. Which is my point as to why I think vaping has gone up. Because mm-hmm. not only has has it the device itself have this kind of cool like, you know, sci fi vibe to it, because it's a machine, not yeah, a yeah, cigarette, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know. Yeah. But it's been popularized on social media. That's true. You know what I mean? It's good. It's a good point. And, and that's where teens are getting their ideas of about what's safe and like, what's not yeah, safe. And, and what
0: about what they should engage in, right? I mean, but for us, it was just like whatever everybody else was doing in school. Right. You know, who, who had what pair of shoes on? Everybody's wearing these, so you got to get these.
1: Yeah. Everybody's wearing this hat, so you got to get this hat. And, and when and you now grow up, it's global. And when you grow up in a culture that all over the news, the most one of the most conservative news broadcasting agencies in the world has consistently pumped out this narrative that you can't believe that the mainstream news, that everything's fake news, what are you going to do? You're only going to rely on testimonial it's
0: true in and, and
1: social media because yeah. you know it's not corporate enterprise that's driving the narrative you know that Somebody's it's individual people their experience and mm-hmm. then you can watch their experience yeah, true. that's true so good. I mean we've created a scenario where we don't even believe the news so why would kids believe even anything that they see on television I'm mm-hmm. telling you man parents are underestimating social media and how much it's influencing their teenagers It's true because mm-hmm. parents think social media here, here's how parents look at it they go Oh well, that's what my kids getting on social media. Like they're because assuming they don't, they don't consider it the authority. They don't. But they don't realize that their teenagers do. Yeah. So what's happening for so their teenagers, teenagers? Have the yeah. same I was saying this to someone the other day. Social media and the digital world is the real world. And this world for teenagers is let me dip out of the real world into, you know, the breathing, eating, sleeping world, right? And bathing world, whatever, all of the different things that you have to do with your physical body. Like that's not the real world for Mm -hmm. them. The real world is what's happening online. And for parents or older generations, it's influencers. It's the exact opposite. Social media is not the real world, right? Mm. But when you define things in terms of information, what is the real world?
0: It's good, man. Right?
1: That's interesting. Information, mom, technology, man. all of that stuff. Because now the opinions in that world are global, not situational. Mm-hmm. Well, this is what my mom and dad thinks. Well, the temptation is when you see it online, well, this is what the world thinks. It's good. You get what I'm saying? So yeah. it so it creates so a conflict scenario more, in the first place. Yeah, I
0: have way more uh, credibility with listening to 100,000 people as opposed to listening to you. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Right? That's good, man. Mm-hmm. I think another thing for parents to think about, influence to think about, coaches, different people, and I know that obviously these situations vary and nuance depending on what's happening and ultimately you're in it, so you have to use wisdom and discretion. But the reality is that uh, one of the things we like to practice at Real Talk is neutral responses to controversial statements. Mm -hmm. And so if you're a teenager in this scenario, if the the teenager you're trying to influence or the Gen Zia you're trying to influence, uh, tells you that they're doing it so I'm um, hey I'm using drugs or I'm um, vaping marijuana whatever they actually admit that one of the worst things you can do in that moment is lose your mind right because if you do you've lost them yep. they have just opened up to you and been vulnerable with you about something that's going on in their life and in that moment you can lose them forever yeah if you respond incorrectly Now, I'm not saying that we don't want the behavior to change. I'm not saying... Or that you don't get upset when you
1: hear, I mean, hey, my daughter, I just found out she's sending nude pictures of herself to her entire high school. I mean, if my daughter came to me and said something like that, I would be messed up by that. Devastated. You know? Yep. But... Again, like you said, first of all, if that information gets found out or they bring that to you, they're in an incredibly vulnerable situation. And the reality is this, right? Yes, we want the
0: behavior to change, but the behavior has been produced by some inward motivation Mm. that has caused an outward response. Mm. And so if we're not careful, what we'll do is we'll try and cut off the outward behavior and not deal with the inward motivation, Mm. not deal with what's going on internally on the inside of that person that leads them to believe that this is the thing that they need to get whatever it is that they think that they want, mm-hmm. then we haven't really helped them at all. All we've done is quell and quench our own fear mm-hmm. by making ourselves feel good because we've locked them away <laughs> or because we've done something that we think is going to stop them yeah. from doing the thing that we want to do. No, all we've Put the chastity done is, belt yeah, on. Or all we've actually done is <laughs> throwing a wedge between us and them. Now, I'm not true. saying we don't want them to stop, but the way that that happens I think is through Dialogue mm-hmm. and them discovering that that thing is actually bad. Like it's one thing to like Stop them from doing it. It's another thing for them to realize that they shouldn't do it to change And that's their mind. actually what you want mm-hmm. And so in order for that to happen you're gonna have to have a conversation You're gonna have to make your case You're gonna have to open their eyes and help them see in a way mm-hmm. that they can actually understand right. right, you're gonna have to communicate to them in a way that they understand you've got to communicate in their world on their wavelength Right, mm-hmm. and if you do that you're gonna have success, right? Because what is their world ultimately about? It's about trust in the first place. And so if they trust you and they believe that you really care for them and love them and have their best interests at heart, A, they're probably going to come talk to you about it before they do it. And B, if you tell them it's a really bad idea and explain to them why, chances are they probably won't do it. Right. Right? They make way more conservative decisions when they talk to their parents. I remember I was looking at an article Mm -hmm. on sex a while ago and it said that 65% of teens want to talk to their parents (laughs) about having sex. Right. But their parents don't want to talk about it. Yeah. Right, I know. And so it's like, it's crazy. We have to do a better job when we engage these conversations and respond in the right ways, so that teenagers don't feel like, or Gen Z's don't feel like they gotta go somewhere else to get the help that they need. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because then we then we really do lose them, and then when they leave home, it's like they're gonna stick it to the man, right? Yep. And uh, that's bad news, for everybody. Yeah, absolutely, man. And I think the last thing to remember with this is that uh, the interesting thing about technology is that it has actually made Gen Zers risk averse. Yeah. Because of all the information that they have, they have a tendency not to do stuff. They get they get freaked out about stuff. Right. You know, I remember uh, having a conversation with one of John's sons. I was having him uh, help with dinner one night, and I turned the oven on. And he was like, I'm not going to mess with the oven. I can get second degree burns. And I'm like, who taught you about second degree burns, bro? <laughs> He's like, I was like, it was YouTube, wasn't it? He was like, yeah. And it's like, they're watching things on these, uh, on YouTube. Yeah. They're watching, the, they're reading these things on social and they're learning a bunch of good yeah. information. Technology can be your it's ally. It's great. Yeah. But the reality is like, some of that stuff has made them risk averse. So the, the good thing That's about true. that is if the, you can show them the risks, yes, they're going to take those seriously. Absolutely. Man. Because it's like they live in a world of information and they care about that stuff. Yeah. And so if you can show them blogs, articles, videos, those different types of things, information on why, like, hey, it's probably not a good idea for you to do this mm-hmm. and here's why. Hey, go 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 back and think about this and let's talk about it later. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like you're probably going to get a way better response out of them than you would have if you just – throwing a gauntlet and the hammer down. And I'm not saying there are times Mm -hmm. where you don't need to do that. Remember, we're just observing culture and observing what we're seeing happen and bringing a highlight to it. And so we feel like we're beginning the conversation for you that you should be having with yourself, you should be having with your significant other, you should Mm -hmm. be having with your teenager. We wanna give you fodder and things for you to think about. And so we're not here to say what is right and wrong per se. But we are here to point out right and wrong things that we see.
1: Yeah. And you guys decide what you want to do with those things. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And ultimately, the biggest thing that we're trying to drill down onto is if someone's doing something, we don't want to just deal with the symptom. Mm -hmm. You know, we We want want to to find out what's really going on. What's really going on. You know, why are kids doing these things? Why? What's leading to it? so important. Yeah.
0: So this kind of reminds me of a... uh, As we kind of wrap up here, Mm -hmm. it kind of reminds me of a recent conversation I had with a young lady and uh, we built a lot of trust and equity over the past year. She's a teenager. She's a a freshman in high school Mm -hmm. and um, she came to me uh, and said, hey, what do you think about me doing DMT psychedelics? (laughs) Well, and I was like, "Okay," I was like, why? Like, why would you think about doing that? So DMT is like a, a psychedelic yeah, yeah, mushroom? Yeah. yeah, and you just basically okay. you get on a trip and you see stuff and experience stuff. Okay. And so her thing was, she was like, you know, I want to do it because all these people on YouTube, do you know wow. what I said? Yeah. Are doing it. And they're talking about all these experiences that we're having, they're having with a higher power. Wow. And she's like, man, I just want to feel it. I want to see it. Like, I just, I just, like, want to do this so I can feel, I can see this higher power and know mm. that it's real, know that it's mm. true. Mm. And so as we're just sitting down talking, I'm like, man, that's not really what you want. What you really want is to experience God. Right. But you want to, you, you feel like this is the way to go ahead and experience him. Man. And so as we were kind of talking about that, that? that, she just started to, like, tear up, bro. She was just crying sitting there. Wow. Just thinking about it. And it was kind of like, it was just kind of a powerful moment that I got to share with her. And it wasn't like I, mm. I didn't tell her, you can't do DMT. And the reality was, she already knew that I wasn't <laughs> gonna say that was yeah, okay. Yeah, she knew what your view was. But <laughs> she already she came to me because she wanted to have a conversation, and ultimately because she wanted to have a conversation about this hole that's in her soul. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And I was telling her, I said, I know what it feels like to feel like if you don't feel that hole, you're gonna die. Yeah. And that's what she felt like. And so I said to her, like, look. Instead of going all the way to DMT, why don't you try praying and asking God for mm, to mm-hmm. fill that hole in your soul yeah. and see what happens with that. Because it's the reality great. is, what are we looking for, right? Peace, satisfaction, contentment, joy. Uh, we're looking for a relief, right? right. That's something that's going to fill us, fill that void in our soul, right? And mm. It's not about like what we're doing or what impact we're making on the world, but we just want to be enough. Right, we just want to be enough, like presently in this moment, be enough, yeah. and that's what she
1: needed. And ultimately, mm-hmm. I don't think you're going to find that anywhere else but in Christ, right? Yeah, one of my favorite authors, C.S. Lewis, I believe, um, I believe this is him. Uh, he says uh, something to the effect of like, if I find in this world that nothing can satisfy me, then the reality is the most logical truth is that I was created for another world. It's mm, profound. And so, yeah. And so the idea is, why do I feel unsatisfied in this world? Mm. And you see people make a lot of decisions based on... A lack of satisfaction. A lack of satisfaction, that's good, right? Man. And so, when you're, ask, when you're asking yourself, like, what is it that's going to satisfy me? I think uh, the, the appeal of drugs is it alters reality for you for a moment. Yeah. And to alter reality... In a way that you can escape from it is one thing, right? But what we've got to impress upon teenagers, I believe, upon Gen Z, is how to literally alter their reality in the real world. Hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. And so, a lot of those decisions, a lot of those things that they can do, sometimes it's just flipping their perspective. Yep. And that comes on the other end of the con, uh, on the other end of a conversation. That's good, man. Does that make sense? It does. And so, yeah, I mean. Again, I know we're trying to wrap up here, but sometimes sitting down and you think, man, what John just said, I don't know if I can say that to my teenager. Well, that's why we have this. You know, Maybe this will inspire you. But I think the thing that comes across the most to Gen Z when I talk to them is authenticity. Mm-hmm. And if you really want to sit down and help navigate these conversations with your kid to help them figure out how to, or, or if you're a coach or you're a teacher or whatever, you're an influencer of Gen Z, and you care about them and you want to sit down with them and help them navigate this, that authenticity and that concern for them is gonna come through. That's good. Right? Yep. All right. Yeah man. Episode eleven. Yes, sir.
0: In the books, R L T K P H X. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, YouTube. Yep, yeah, YouTube. Follow us. Thank you for for those of you that are already doing that. Yeah. Comment, like, yeah, engage share. with us on this. Like we want this to be the beginning of a conversation. We can go live if there's more questions, if you want to, more of our perspective. We do have a group that we've created where we're creating content around these conversations. And the mm-hmm. whole idea is to give influencers uh, materials and content that they can use to go and engage Gen Zers in the space that they're in. Mm-hmm. Right? Like We're engaging, but we realize that like there's a, a ton of you out there that care about the generation mm-hmm. that's coming up. And you want to have an impact on them and help them navigate the world. But the world they live in is different from the world that we grew up in. And so we have to be students of the world that they live in. And then we have to be able to communicate the things that are important in a way that they can understand. And so we're here to help you do that. So anyways, uh, we love you guys. We'll talk to you guys next time. Peace. Peace out.